0: Welcome to Locked Into God's Peace. We're doing a study from the letter of Philippians written by Paul. And some people have called the letter from Paul to the Philippians God's mental health letter to believers. The author is in prison. He's faced trouble and hardship. He's in trouble when he's writing. He's under the penalty of death. Suffered severe persecution ever since Jesus took hold of his life. Yet in the midst of it all, he has God's peace. Not just any kind of peace, God's peace. Philippians, four short little chapters in the New Testament. And you see this man, he's still on a mission, even though he's locked up. He's still spreading the good news about Jesus from a prison cell. And when you read it, you see that he's mentally healthy. He's spiritually happy even though he's surrounded with hardship. He has real problems. He's not in denial. He's not a sunshine and rainbow kind of guy. It's hard and it's real. It's very bad. He's in a dungeon. Yet when you read Philippians, there is so much encouragement that just jumps off the page. To his beautiful friends in Macedonia, partners and pals of Paul, their pastor, their hero, their friend. And you know what? When, when I read it, I feel like he's my friend too. Gordon Fee is one of my favorite scholars. He did a great commentary on the letter of Philippians, and he says, we find a very warm, personal human being who is pouring out a heart of affection for his friends of Philippi. And in short, many of us like Philippians because we like the Paul we meet there. Paul who is locked up, but he's locked in to the peace of God. It is a unique peace. It's a peace the world can't give us. It's not in the world, especially now, but it is the peace of God. And that's what we all need right now. We need something more than the world can offer in these troublesome, trying, mysterious, weird, struggling times the peace of God is offered how do we get it and how do we keep it that's what we're studying over the next few sundays or whenever you're watching this you study along first off i want to remind you what we said last week as we read this and we listen to paul the first thing is don't compare yourself to paul join him philippians 4:9 we'll come back to it every message Philippians 4.9, Paul says, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Now I want to drop back a minute before we get into Philippians. Um, there's a passage of scripture in this spirit-filled poem song that comes out of the heart of John the Baptist's father, Zechariah. And in this poem, he is bursting out a revelation of God's plan for the whole world, which is he wants to take everybody by the hand, through the hand of his son, and do this. Luke 178, because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us, visit us, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. And listen, to guide our feet into the way of peace. To guide, that's tender. Our feet, that's a walk with God. Where are we going? Into the way of peace. The pathway to peace. Paul tells us, follow me. The tender Holy Spirit, our friend, our helper. He's doing this in and through my life. And I'm writing this letter to show you the way of peace. So today, let's walk and talk about peace and people. Peace and people. God can help me keep a grace perspective in my mind When it comes to my family, my pals, God's people, and those people. Anybody have some of those people? Connection is so important right now. Connection is so very important right now. Because isolation is destructive. There was a study done by Berelson and Steiner... And they did an overview of more than 1,000 social science studies and came to this conclusion. Total isolation is virtually always an intolerable situation for humans, even when our physical needs are provided for. You know why that is? We can't function effectively without deep connections to one another. And that's what's so great about the church The church of Jesus Christ, God created the church because we can find a loving, bonded family where we can grow in love together, we can grow in faith together, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus together, but right now, it is so weird, isn't it? It's so difficult. It's so challenging. It's really tough. This is crazy. And we're socially distant from one another. One of my favorite pastors, he's 80 plus years old. He has been pastoring for more than 50 years and he still posts on Facebook. And most of his posts are really cool. Just the other day, he said this, I realized recently that there's a major difference between being distant from each other and being absent from each other. Distance keeps us from touching one another, from meeting together, but being distant doesn't mean we can't connect with one another. And thanks to technology, that's one way we can do both. We might be distant, but we can stay connected. That's not nearly as severe as being absent. Absence suggests being alone, isolated, displaced, Lonely and even lost, and those kind of conditions create a peaceless environment. But we look at Paul's example and he says, I promise, I promise, I'm in a dungeon, but I promise, walk this way and the God of peace will be with you. It's about a certain kind of perspective and we're going to talk today about one of the pathways into the peace of God is a certain kind of perspective toward people, connected and compassionate toward people. I want you to look, if you would, in Philippians chapter 1 starting in verse 3. Philippians chapter 1 starting in verse 3, Paul says, He's writing to the Philippian friends and listen to his words and feel his attitude in his heart. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in every prayer for you all in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. When I read those words, things jump out at me, three things. Number one, peace is a mind set. Peace is a mind set. Paul's like, I got my mind set on you. He chooses to remember his pals and keep them close in a tight connection to his heart, even though they're far apart. Something else jumps out. Peace is about mind speak. Mind speak. It's what Paul allowed to be in the harbor of his mind set that set his mind in a certain attitude toward his pals. I thank God for you often. That's what he says. I pray for you all the time and when I do, it always has a mixture of joy in it when I remember you. Why? because we're partners, bonded in the good news. Three, peace is about reviewing your still shots. My family has this folder we share on Google Drive. And in it, there are pictures of my two children that go all the way back to like 1989. And when I review them, the pictures of my kids, I get this warm, cheery, and sometimes teary feeling, but it's even all good, it's all good teary, because I'm recollecting, I'm remembering, I'm looking at these still shot moments. Paul says, I don't have pictures, but in my mind, in my mindset... I'm looking over the still shots of you and I know you're imperfect and I know about your problems and I know about your, your struggles and your mistakes and I know how you can have the tendency to do it wrong before you do it right and how that can become all this. But when I look at the still shot, the way I look at you, the way I look at you, I see you in the grace of God. I see you the way Jesus does. Grace and peace to you. Paul wasn't always like that. Have you sweetened much since you've come to Jesus? Jesus is a good sweetener. Look what the Holy Spirit was doing for Paul. How do you have the peace of God in lockdown or locked up? You keep your mind on people. In the mindset of grace, thanks, Prayers with joy come to God because we know that God isn't through with any of those people just like he isn't through with me and you. God is rooting for us. God can help me keep a grace perspective in my mind when it comes to my family, my pals, God's people, and those people, that's the pathway to peace. Think of it like this. There is a way to keep our minds in peace. There is a way to lose our minds and lose our peace. And the way we mind people has lots to do with whether we live in the peace of God or lose our minds and surely our peace when it comes to others, we can see their logs. When it comes to ourselves, we only see our specs. When I look at myself, I see weaknesses, and I look at others, I see problems. I see struggles in me, but sins in them. If I don't have my mind... Paul said the Holy Spirit helps me with my people problems The Holy Spirit helps Paul with his problem people I have a grace mindset, Paul would say You know what? A great mindset is a grace mindset Paul is saying I have the peace of God Because listen, I don't allow the petty and the picky and the prickly problems to drop anchor in the harbor of my mind when I think about my people. Remember what Jesus told us? He said, He's basically, watch what you hear, what you listen to, watch out for your thoughts. Your words show what's in the harbor of your mind, set, and heart. Here's a warning he gave in Matthew 5, and on. He says, I'm telling you, if you hold anger in your heart toward a fellow believer, you're subject to judgment. And whoever demeans and insults a fellow believer is answerable to the congregation. And whoever calls down curses upon a fellow believer is in danger of being sent to a fiery hell. That's serious business. And you can have hell on earth before you have hell in hell. I guarantee you, hell on earth has a lot to do with a peaceless life because we've allowed people to become problems. Curses and anger coming out of my mouth towards a brother or sister can't happen if I don't entertain the devil who is speaking those things to my mind, baiting me to let them drop anchor in my mind. We can lose our minds by allowing the petty and the picky and the prickly drop anchor. See, Paul was in prison, but his mind was free as a bird because he was locked into the peace of God. His mindset was locked in on a grace perspective toward the people. A great mindset is a grace. Mindset And a grace mindset toward people keeps me and you in the peace of God. Now Jesus' brother James, Jesus must have really rubbed off on James because James says it this way in the third chapter, if there is bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, don't deny it or try to compensate for it by boasting and being phony. James is straight. For that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can be best described as the wisdom of the world, selfish, of the devil. So wherever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of evil thing. I'll tell you what, there's no peace of God there. But the wisdom from above is always pure, filled with peace, considerate, and teachable. It's a Holy Spirit grace practice to work through that, where you get to the point when I think of you, I pray with joy, I remember you, I treasure you, my partner, my pal, You know what's going on in this letter? We are seeing a man that God is working on and working in and working through. God's grace helped Paul's heart become like Jesus' heart regarding his friends and his pals and then he told them so. Look at Paul, man, look at him, where is he? He is in a sewer hole under the streets of Rome in a dungeon. His mind is set. His mind speak is guarded and healthy. And he reveals his still shots in the following passage from chapter 1, verse 6. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it's only right for me to feel this way about you all. Why? Why? because I have you in my heart. Not I have your problem, your imperfections, your offenses. No, I have you in my heart you're all partakers of God's grace with me. And then this thing he says, it's one of the most beautiful things you could ever tell a soul and it be true. Verse eight, for God is my witness how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. Now, if you remember last Sunday's sermon, the of Christ Jesus is the genitive case. You remember what that means? This didn't come from Paul. This came from Jesus. He has the affection of the genesis of Jesus, brought the heart of Jesus in his heart for them. And he told them, you are in my heart. That's a peace man. Now, I want to stop for a minute and cover a roadblock for a second because some of us in our life have been deeply wounded by people who are still wounding people. And some of those people, we're not to love them up close. We're to love them from a distance, and I'm not talking about feelings. Some people are really hard to feel love for when they are abusing you back. Here's what you need to be set free from feeling the need to carry a heavy burden that God didn't put on you. You aren't called to be their savior, their fixer, or their healer. I heard somebody amen through the internet right there. If you've been used and abused, if you've experienced tragedy and trauma from someone or from someones, those people, Paul isn't saying for you to put a welcome mat out and keep them in your life circle in deep relationship. The Holy Spirit is calling you away from having your mind constantly focused upon them. God wants you to know that You don't have to make them feel welcome to stay the night or spend the day in your head space. Nope, nope, nope. You're called to live in the peace of God. Some people should never have permission to be in your head or your heart or your home. You might say, well, I'm a Christian, though, aren't Christians? What do we do then? What's the Christian thing to do? This is what I think. Ready? Some people aren't supposed to be in your life circle and are definitely not meant to live in your head. God wants them to be close to him, but not you. Bless them, and move on. When they come back into your mind space, send them up in prayer to God's grace. I feel like I need to repeat that again. Some people aren't supposed to be in your life circle and are definitely not meant to live in your head. God wants them to be close to him, but not you. They're God's. Bless them and move on. When they come back into your headspace, send them in prayer to God's grace. Be at peace. Let God have them. Peace. That's what we need the peace of God. And we can have it if we get our mindset. Mind our minds speak. Take a new eye eye look at our still shots. That's how we enter into the pathway of peace. It's time right now with the challenge we find ourselves in the world. I've read some of you guys write things on Facebook. Things that I feel exactly the same way about that I totally agree with, that I'm amening you about. And I've heard it from thousands around the world saying the same things, right? I miss being together with 400 people, 300 people. I'm sure people that have, I miss miss it. There's some, but it's not everybody. I miss that, I know, I know, I know, I know. Me too, we all do, everybody does. But that doesn't excuse us From staying connected, getting creative, using our faith, and reviving our concern for God's people. We are given a great opportunity right now in these times. This can be, Paul would be saying, Paul did it from a sewer hole with no internet. Here's what he says in 410. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Guys, gals, brother, sister, wherever you are, driving down the road, listening in, we have a challenging but great opportunity to connect with people creatively by the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit, and we are called to do it. But we won't do it unless we revive our concern and let the affection of Jesus genesis in our heart. But that won't happen, listen, that won't happen if the harbor of my heart is filled with scorekeeping, political pandering, and fighting. Jealousy, picky, pettiness, or being caught in a trap of selfish mind consumption. Revive your concern. How's that happen? A fresh wind from the Holy Spirit that causes the affection of Jesus To be birthed again in our soul. It's like the lyrics of Keith Green's song. Rushing wind, blow through this temple. Blowing out the dust within. Come and breathe your breath upon me. Because I've been born again. Holy Spirit, I surrender. Take me where you want to go. Plant me by your living water. Plant me deep so I can grow. The prophet prayed, God, revive the work of your hands. A pathway into the peace of God. We have a great but very challenging opportunity right now to revive our concern for God's people and our pals. Hey, come on, come on. Let's make some new moves toward the family of faith. Extend our circle of friends. Extend our color variants of friends. Peacemakers who sow in peace will reap a harvest will raise a harvest of righteousness. Let me close with this. The peace of God. If we're going there's a lot of angry people. You know, Paul wrote all the lonely people where do they all come from? Here's my version. All the angry people where do they all come from? If we're going to get angry, let's get angry at this. Let's get angry at how vulnerable we've made ourselves to being petty and picky and prickly and prejudice toward others that don't see this pandemic the way we do, however we see it. If we're going to get angry, let's get angry and sin not. Let's get angry regarding harboring the junk in our minds that we use to judge people that God graced and put in our path to be partners with in this walk to change the world. If we're going to get angry, let's get angry at how easily we fall prey to collecting Still shots of people's weaknesses and failures and not measuring up. If we're going to get angry, let's get angry and get that junk out. Be angry and sin not. Because then our harbor is clean, our harbor is open for the great. Peace of God to come and do an impossible thing. Create inside me tender affections for the people He died for. To make me realize I can't live without you. I see your stuff, you see my stuff, but I'm not going to let your stuff or my stuff harbor anchor in my heart. I'm going to keep you because your stuff, there's a you past your stuff, and the grace of God loves you just like he loves me, and I'm not my stuff, I'm my me, and that's the person Jesus died for, and that's the person he said will carry on a work of perfection until the day he comes back for me, same for you, peace to you, peace to me. May the peace of God flood the church. The world can't give us that. And the world shouldn't be able to take it so easily away from us. But it's easy. And I, and you, have let it be so easy. And you know it. You know it's true. And I know it's true. This world has gone. Everything is shaken. peace of God can make us unshakable. And even from a sewer, as we'll look at in weeks to come, God can change people when you can't even be where they are. Because this God that we claim to worship can do all things, nothing is impossible with God. Heavenly Father, I pray that everyone listening to my voice, whether it's today, tomorrow, someday, in some place, somewhere, that the Holy Spirit of God would flood their mind with light and truth, come up close as you have with me and are doing with me, and talk to me about my mindset, my mind speak, and the way I look at the still shot moments in my path. And I... And I pray my friends will do the same right now. Man, I want to shake that junk right out of the harbor of my mind. I want to shake the junk, the accusations that the devil has placed in there about my brothers or my sisters or my family or my friends or people in this country. God, I am angry at allowing myself To be so duped into taking the bait that steals the peace of God from my life and takes the peace of God from my relationships. And our country, our churches, Spirit of God, help us to be done with it. To hold a sword against it. And repent of it. Lay it down. Which would be well pleasing in your sight. And then let us receive the grace of God. And the peace that comes with that grace. I pray it on every person today. In Jesus name. If you're going to let that happen. Would you say amen right now? Amen. Amen. God bless you.